You're listening to the Editor's Pick Podcast. I'm Darcy Gallagher, your host and editor-in-chief of The Buzz Magazine. Big thanks to Michael Petras from Strobe Lake Casualties for our opening sound. For more of their music, visit the link in our show notes or go to www.strobelakecasualties.com. It's a magazine that I can be proud of, and I, oh, I just love that. If they can do it, I can do it, and I know whatever... I dream of. I'm, the reason why I'm dreaming about it is because it is possible. I think it's just a representation of all the stuff that my dad instilled in me, which is like, you just have to keep going. Like, I really wanted to just completely drop out and not come back for last semester. In this episode, I had the honor of speaking with Chika Okoye, our amazing photo director at The Buzz. She has been with The Buzz all four years at BU and has seen it involve in so many ways. We talk about her time at the magazine, the meaning behind our new print issue theme, which she created. It's called Beauty is Terror. We also talk about her photography, her incredible resume. She has done so many amazing things. Um, And we also talk about how grief has shaped her into the woman she is today, which is an amazing woman. I had such great time talking with Chica. She is one of my friends and she's a leader at The Buzz. And without further ado, Chica, welcome to the podcast. It is the moment I think, well, I know I have, but I think everyone on the buzz has been waiting for. Chica is finally in the studio. I'm, I'm so excited. excited. I'm this so excited. so fun. I doubt anyone doesn't know who you are, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Chica Okoye. I'm originally from Las Vegas, Nevada which is really far, but when I I was applying to colleges, I told myself I need a complete change of pace, I need something new. So I just moved across the country and here I am. Um, I joined The Buzz before I even stepped foot onto this campus. I emailed the editor in chief and applied. Like, I was so annoying. Why did I do that? But now here I, I do am. I did that too, though. <laughs> no, like... I literally applied before I even came to view. <laughs> so like, here I am. So I was a photographer for three semesters. And I became photo director my second semester sophomore year. So I've been doing the damn thing for two years now. And yeah, that's just a little about myself. Oh, I'm a journalism major, advertising minor, communication specialist, and a senior, I guess. And one of my very good friends. Slay. Icon, actually, though. (laughs) So you have been at The Buzz for all four years. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you think it's kind of evolved during your time at the magazine. Um, well, it's evolved a lot. I remember when I joined The Buzz, it kind of felt like it wasn't a community like at all. It's kind of something you just were you just did through email. Like we never had general meetings at all. I don't think I met a single other person in The Buzz except for the photo team, which is disappointing. Like we never had a general meeting. Um, and there's just like a problem with people staying with the buzz like halfway through the semester people would drop off which is really disappointing I feel like you don't see that with like the daily free press or any other like publication on campus where people just stop showing up and I think in part that was because there was no community where people were like I don't see a face to any of this what's the point of staying and so sophomore year during the pandemic when I took over as photo director I think for the spring issue like half of the photos in there are literally from me because okay nobody else was doing they anything literally from you. <laughs> i was like the old like my photos Not by chico we Koy, think, photos by chico no <laughs> um but that 
it wasn't even hard work for me, honestly. Like, I can't even complain about it. I had so much fun running around campus, running around the city, just taking random photos. I remember one morning, I, like, posted it on my Finsta story of, like, follow me along today. And I woke up at 6 a.m., like, went to the seaport to take photos of the seaport district for an oh, article. Oh, my God. Ranch of the Com to take photos for that. Like, went to go get my COVID test. Like, went back. Like, I was running around. And it, so it's just always been fun. It's, like, my creative outlet. I don't think I'll have a space for that after I graduate so right. as much as I have done for the buzz which I don't give myself enough credit for you really just don't been fun. she's done a ton for the like she's <laughs> sculpted the buzz into Stop. what it is no I'm serious so I'm just glad that like it's a community now I've seen it's changed so much for the better it's a magazine that I can be proud of and I oh, I just love that Speaking of being proud of the magazine, let's talk about this issue really quick. <gasps> yes! <laughs> we saw it for the first time yesterday, and I think it's our best issue yet. I fear. It I is so fear good. It's just absolutely terrifyingly beautiful. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> beauty is terror. But yeah, I guess I can touch on the theme. Yeah, so Chica came up with the theme for the magazine. Um, this is the first time the buzz has done a theme, and it's beauty is terror, so... Take it away. <laughs> so basically, my favorite book of all time is The Secret History by Donna Tartt. I'm not even being dramatic. Like, it's a master piece of writing. Donna Tartt mastered the English language, tore it apart, and put it back together. Like, that is what that book is. It's phenomenal. It basically follows these five students who are studying Greek at, like, kind of like an Ivy League, but we don't really get to know the school. It's just, like, in the Northeast, like, remote area. And... They are studying, they only hang out with each other, they only study Greek tragedy, so much so that they become their own Greek tragedy. And so as you read it, it's like a slow descent into their madness, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's actually a really bad story. Like, there's so many themes in there where I'm like side-eye, but it's really good. Like, I've read it so many times. I digress. The point is, there is so many beautiful lines in the book, and my favorite quote from it, is one of the characters in the story, I think his name is Henry, pretentious as he can ever be, <laughs> goes into this whole rant about like beauty is terror. Whatever we call beautiful, we tremble before it. And he's basically equating what we see, like the response to something that's terrifying is the response to true beauty. And that no matter what, everyone's scared of it. And so I read that for the first time. It was just so in awe because it was, first of all, so beautifully written. But it made me realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, beauty is terror. And you can see it in literally everything. So when it came time to pitch a theme, I thought beauty is terror would just be such a perfect theme because you can fit that into every section of the magazine. Like, take music, for example, and take, like, Billie Eilish. Like, the reason why she hid her body for so long and wore baggy clothes is because she was scared of the harassment she would get if she showed her body, like, her true beauty. And she was terrified, like, beauty is terror or, like, fast fashion how we destroy the environment for a quick look for a night out like that's disgusting yet we do it beauty is terror like diamond mining like anything can be equated to that and just beauty is terror means a lot to me as well just you know like women's beauty standards and I've always struggled with like my self-confidence and so I was like re rereading the book like before the semester when I was flying here from Vegas and I was like you know like I love this and then when we pitched the idea of like having a theme, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go so hard for this. And yeah, so Beauty's Terror was born 
and I just have to say it has really come to life like I am so incredibly it looks so good happy like it might not like show it because I am really bad at certain emotions but like damn it's so good it's so good (laughs) (laughs) it is so good and I it's just been so great to like see your vision come to life and just like the most beautiful way and like when you first pitched that idea I personally love the idea because beauty is terror just means so many things to me and it means so many things to other people um you can kind of interpret it in your own way whatever whatever that means for you and like your own experience but seeing your pitch first of all was just like incredible she came with like a whole powerpoint presentation beautifully crafted and it inspired me to read the book everyone read it this is a not paid promo but everyone go read it and i mean it looks incredible so like actually incredible but not just saying that guys like when it comes out i'm going to say i told you your resume is my resume (laughs) absolutely (laughs) probably the most insane thing i've seen in my entire life (laughs) but before we go into that let's talk a little bit about your photography okay so how'd you get into photography what inspired you to kind of pick that up Mm -hmm. well when I was little, like, I think I was in middle school, I looked around at everyone around me who had hobbies, like, they go to dance practice or soccer, and I, like, didn't have that growing up as a child, like, my parents worked 24-7, my older sister has autism, so, like, a lot of focus was on her, and I'm like, what do I have to show for myself? I have no hobbies, like, I mean, I read all the time, so I guess there's that, and I still read to this day, I read, like, 50 books last year, but anyway, <laughs> had no, like, creative hobbies and I loved writing and reading so I'm like you know what let me pick up a camera because my dad used to do like photography and so I was like I think the thought just came into my mind one day like I'm gonna be a photographer and that's the annoying thing about me is that like when I set my sights on something I will never let that go like I will never let it go and so I decided I'm like I'm going to be a photographer and I remember telling my dad and like his brother and my aunt who were like in Vegas for that weekend and they're like you cannot be a photographer Chica like what are you talking about and I'm like I will be one they're like That's, Watch you're me. not gonna get paid <laughs> for that I'm like okay and so I begged my dad for a camera he got me the worst <laughs> beginner camera ever like it was a Nikon cool pics I l840 I remember because I was like this sucks <laughs> but I appreciate that so much because it taught me that it's not the equipment like it's literally the person behind the camera That's so true and so I appreciate that he gave me a really crappy camera for my first camera. But yeah, I just started taking photos of like literally everything, like random stuff at school. Like it's so embarrassing. I have like a folder in my um, gigantic hard drive to this day that says like old camera. And like it's just folders upon folders of like just really cringy stuff. And so once I started getting better at photography, I would ask my dad all the time. I'm like, dad, can I please get a Canon? This is all I want. Like the Canon T6i. I still have that camera to this day. But I was like, can I please just get it? He's like, no, you have to prove it to me. I'm like, okay. So after like another year, like I'm in high school at this point, I am so fed up. I do what I do best. I made a PowerPoint. And I remember I walked to his room. I'm like, dad, I I really want this camera. Here's the reasons why. And I literally like had made a whole presentation for him. And he's like, okay, whatever. Was it of all your work? Yes. And like really bad, I just want to say. But I had to prove that I can do this. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, fine. But you have to pay me back for the camera. I'm like, okay. Like, that's so annoying. But all right. right. (laughs) So I got the Canon T6i. I still have the camera to this day because it's my best friend. 
and I Wait, started is that with the like, one you that the you one use I always the use. Yeah, <gasps> it's that camera. I've literally had it for years and years. Iconic. I just like changed my lenses again because it's not the camera; right. it's the person behind it. It is. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, if you see any of her work, thank which you. you. Should. Do you have a portfolio, by the way? I do. I'll plug it after okay, this. Yeah, we have. To I haven't updated it in a while. But okay, well, we have to like put it in the show notes. We will. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I just started taking photos. I paid him back because I like was taking everyone's senior photos and prom pictures, so it worked out. Oh, nice. And yeah, and then I got to call. I love portrait photography. I did a lot of it in high school, and I really wanted to get into like the fashion of it all because I love Vogue, as everyone, as every jur- woman journalist does when oh they get my into God, college. 100%. I was like, I'm gonna shoot for Vogue or Paper Magazine. I obviously have changed paths. I just do it for fun now. But got to college, and I was yeah, I just joined every magazine that I could. So I'm a photographer for Off the Cuff, and also photo director for The Buzz because that's why I'm sitting here right now, and that's my photography journey. I love it. I love it so much. You make everyone feel so comfortable behind the camera. And I feel like that's, I mean, like what Will and I were talking about when we were talking about his photography and like portrait photography, especially, I feel like that's the hardest thing to do is just make the person feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you do such a good job of that. It's nice to see someone enjoy what they do. Yeah. And you do. So no, I, I think everything I do, I'm genuinely so passionate about it. You're very ambitious. And I feel like I always want to know the thought process behind those types of people. Yeah. What motivates you? I think I'm just like a really anal person (laughs) where like, again, like if I have my my eyes set on something, I can't disappoint myself. I don't do things for other people. Like that's the last thing I do. I don't think about other people when I do things. Yeah. Like, again, I enjoy my own company. I do a lot of things by myself alone. Like it's fun and... I have no one in my ear telling me otherwise. I think what drives me is that I think, and I, th- I think a lot of like children of immigrants can say this. Like I grew up watching my parents work so hard. My mom, my dad, like they never took sick days, like ever. Like my mom has thousands of sick days, like just accumulate. But I saw them work so hard to like come to this country and work and like become pharmacists and like do all this great stuff for me my siblings ever since I was little I'm like oh my gosh like I have to pay them back for all the stuff they did and like I have to make sure that I have like roots in this country and like make my own generational wealth because they moved to the United States for a reason and I have to like not be like a poster child but like I have to do well as well but also for myself like not just for them not just like the immigrant kid like you have to do well but like for myself I want to be someone I can be proud of. I don't have a lot of idols, if that makes sense. Like, I don't look up to celebrities. Screw that. Um, Like, at all. Like, I can't even... Not even to sound so irritating, but, like, I don't. I listen to indie rock bands. I don't don't even know their names. Like, I don't. I truly do everything for myself. And I think what, again, just what drives me is the fact that, like, I want to see myself do well. Mm -hmm. And... I have to do well because I'm just so I just have to no matter what life is so long and I know a lot of people say life is really short it's really not short it is really really long I don't want to spend a second even wasting time like there's no there's no time to waste and I see so many people my age and older who are doing so much more than me and I'm like oh my gosh if they can do it I can do it so that's always been my mindset like if they can do it, I can do it. And I know whatever 
I dream of, I'm, the reason why I'm dreaming about it is because it is possible. Right. And so I apply to things. I don't even think about the other people who are applying. I'm like, I know I have this in the bag. Oh my God, that is amazing. Like, I know I can do this. Like, I don't even want to think about the thousands of people that apply because like, I am me. I know I got it. Like, I have to, I have to like go into things thinking I have it. And so, I don't know. I think I'm just driven because it's just in my blood. Like, genuinely, it's just in my blood. I think my parents just instilled that in me. And I haven't let it go. I want to emulate that in my own life. And I know other people do too. And I feel like when they see you doing all of these things that you're doing, it inspires and motivates so many other people. For anyone who doesn't know, where did your parents move from? That was one of my questions. Yeah, but I didn't they interrupt you. immigrated here from Nigeria, like okay. on lottery. Like they got so lucky um, in 1996. And they moved to LA first, and then they're like, "We don't want to move, live here anymore." So they moved to Vegas, and so I'm born and raised Vegas. Like, still live in the same house. Yeah, nice, amazing. Let's get to the resume. My resume. <laughs> <laughs> so I will just preface that Chica has done has held positions that I mean I can't even fathom. You've worked at Apple, SiriusXM. HBO Max, Boston Globe, The Tonight Show, and then so many other different positions. Random things, yeah. First of all, let's talk about those experiences, mm -hmm. what you learned from them, how you got the position, or not how you got the position, but just like that whole process mm -hmm. for people wondering, because I know a lot of people struggle with, you know, finding internships and jobs in the first place. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. And then any stories you want to share? I have a lot of stories. That you are allowed to lot. say. Yeah, I've, signed, I've also signed a lot of NDAs. So <laughs> I'll only say what I can say. But yeah, just give us give us the tell-all about the your... The internship journey. Internship journey. My career life. Um. Okay, so my parents are literally pharmacists. I have no ties to the entertainment industry. I just really want to preface that because I am not an Epo baby. Like I truly did all of this by myself. You really did? Like 100%. All by myself. My parents were like, you want to do journalism? That's so cool, but prove it to us that you were going to make money doing this. And so again, everything I do is to for myself but also like me to prove to my parents <laughs> that i can make money in journalism i mean literally me though <laughs> i'm like i literally promise you like i will be successful so it was mm, freshman year like pandemic hits we're sent home i have nothing to do like i can't do off the cuff i can't do the buzz i am extremely bored and one thing about me is i cannot be bored i am always doing something Maybe to my own downfall, but who That's cares? Like, I need to be doing something. And so my sister was a junior going into senior year at Howard University. And I think something that Howard and BU both have is that everyone is just so competitive. Like, the environment is competitive. It's so intense. And it's extremely it's competitive. It's so intense. So my sister was like, I'm kind of glad I'm not on the Howard campus anymore. But Chica, I'm telling you right now, like, you have to start looking for internships. And I'm like, I'm literally going into my sophomore year. Like, can I take a chill? She's like, no, like apply. And so thank you to my sister who pushed me to apply for my first internship. And so I was just really like sending like my writing samples to like these literary magazines like across the country that are just like small, like random ones. So are they 
the writing samples are they stuff i did in class stuff you did in class yeah so not like anything really published or nothing published because i when i joined when i joined when i came to bu i was in so many clubs i was in the wire obviously as a news anchor i did her campus i did i was a photojournalist for the daily free press so many other things i don't remember but that was like the basis of my um resume was just all the clubs i did on, on campus and so then I saw this internship at the Gotham Group. Like, they posted unpaid, which support paid internships, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah, you always have to. Oh, my God. My first like, sorry to say, but, like, too. you really have to start you somewhere. You got to start at the bottom. And because it was, like, remote, what was I doing sophomore year, like, during COVID? Like, I have nothing else to do but Mine was also apply to things. Yeah. Too. I was like, whatever. I'll just do it. And so I applied to the Gotham Group. And if you guys don't know, the Gotham Group is the production company behind... Maze Runner, the new Percy Jackson movie that's coming out, Star Girl on Disney Plus, Wendell and Wilds, like a bunch of things. And so I applied to that, and I know it has nothing to do with my major. I just love entertainment. I watch so much TV, it's very unhealthy. Like every single day, I'm like, I have a show tonight, don't bother me for the next three hours. I am. Like, do not disturb. I'm being so serious. <laughs> I am an appointment television person. I watch so much TV. I eat, sleep, breathe media. So I apply. I had my interview. I this day I got back to Boston during the pandemic, like August 14th. I'm really good with dates. And the interview was with Joe and Max. And Joe is this like hotshot producer and Max is Max. And they were both in PJs. And I was like so scared. I'm like, why am I scared? I'm just talking. They're like, yeah, okay, yeah. like explain to me your favorite director and writer. And I went off about Adam McKay. Adam McKay did the big short. And I was like, and David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin, icons. And I went off. I was just like, Aaron Sorkin is just beautiful. His writing, oh my gosh, the social network. And they loved it. I literally, like 10 minutes after that interview, they emailed me like, you have the internship. And I was like, okay, slay. And so sophomore year, first semester, I was an intern for the Gotham Group. I did a bunch of book coverage. So I'd read a book each week. And then I'd write, like, a quick summary about it. And then I'd go off about, like, why you should not make this a movie. Like, this sucks so bad. This is the worst thing I've ever read. Or, like, That's cool. this was okay, but it was a little racist. Or, like, don't produce this. It will look bad for your company. And so they loved me. <laughs> um, anyway, so after the Gotham Group, which was super fun, I got so much inside information about the business side of the film industry and entertainment industry. I met Danny Strong, who's the executive producer of Empire, and he's also my favorite show, Billions, on Showtime. So everyone watch that. And yeah, it was just a really great learning experience. My mentor, Jeremy Bell, has been in the industry for a long time. So he had he answered a lot of my questions. I love asking questions. So after that, I was like, okay, like film and TV is fun. But like, unless I go into development, I don't want to be in the industry. Like making stuff. Because I don't like doing that. Right. And so after that, I was like, okay, like let me set my sights on PR. And so after Gotham Group, when, during winter break, I applied to Shorefire Media. And they're a music PR firm that represents Kesha, Bruce Springsteen, Joji, Two Feet, bunch of like smaller, they're not, Kesha and Bruce Springsteen are not small, but you know what I mean. Not like mainstream as like yeah. mainstream, mainstream artists of today. And so I worked there, I wrote press releases for like Doc Martin and like all that stuff. So that was really cool. Got a lot of great experience there. Like, you know what? PR's not that bad. It's kind of fun to be on the back end of journalism. So after that, I did set my sights really high. I was shaking in my boots when I applied to ID PR. If you guys do not know what ID PR is, ID is the biggest entertainment PR firm 
in the world. They represent everyone. The whole Succession cast. um, Of course. (laughs) Succession. The whole Brett, like Brett Goldstein, like from Ted Lasso, Phil Dunster, I like every Olivia Rodrigo, John Legend, Seth Rogen. Entertainment. I'm. I love entertainment. Like, why they represent so everyone. Illiterate in entertainment. And so I applied. It was also unpaid, which it should not have been unpaid. I did so much work. They changed their website, so if you guys go look it up, you you'll it's be so confused. So but everyone, go name. check out their Instagram. I think it's IDPR, and you'll see like everyone they represent, which is literally everyone in Hollywood. So I applied. I got the internship. I was so excited, and it was remote. So perfect, I can do it from my home. And I signed an NDA, so there's very little I can say. But I will say that I got to work on a lot of cool accounts, like Olivia Rodrigo, for one. That was That's very, crazy. very fun. Um, Cynthia Revo. Yeah, so for that, I just did a lot of like media audits for like some of their brands that they work with. I got to like pitch people to send things to, um, like guest list parties for like really big award shows that's so cool um i did like new pitch new business docs like to like new um clients that they were signing on um yeah so i got the really just biggest entertainment tea that i can't talk about but like it made me side eye the entertainment industry i do not and i think this goes back to what i was saying about i don't have celebrity idols because they generally are just regular everyday people just like us who make mistakes and who are kind of awful and horrible. And so it Seriously, was just though. really frustrating. I think that woke me up. Like, I've always wanted to work in the entertainment industry and the media industry. But there always has to be a loser. Like, there has to be. And it sucked seeing all these people who work so hard for the celebrities. Don't get paid anything. Don't get any respect on their name. Or any, re- yeah, any, or any recognition. recognition. And then the celebrity they're literally propping up with their bare hands, like, gets all of it. And so, like, you can see that with what, like, Parasite won their Oscar, which icon, icons, like, they should have won. But so much goes into, like, nomination campaigns. Like, you have to be in the media. And that's what PR is. And so working there, like, just really opened my eyes to certain people in this industry as well who I thought were nice people and are not. So after I did PR, I'm like, you know what? Maybe PR isn't for me. Maybe PR isn't for me. But (laughs) I've always loved late night. I love comedy. Comedy is everything to me. 